0: And I'm Matzo. Welcome to Apocalypse Duds. Today we bring you reporting deep within the bowels of the Apocalypse Duds virtual studios, a real live Frenchman, Roman Valère, Welcome to the show. Hello, hi everyone. How are you guys uh-huh. doing? Uh, hopefully well. Relieved Thank you. to be talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and hearing your and hearing your voice and seeing you is very nice because it's wor- finally the stuff is working. This is our second attempt at this interview. Roman has been very generous with his time to come back to do, to endure this uh, again, but we are very happy to have him as our first repeat guest.
1: (laughs) I'm very happy to be here. It was a a pleasure the first time when it kind of worked, but now it's even better. (laughs) Ross, Yeah, yeah. We're 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 excited.
2: Yeah. Excited to have someone that is uh, not American again. Uh, This may be our, our... third or fourth uh guest and yeah uh, we're we're international motherfuckers
0: yeah we're racking them up we're getting those french <laughs> listeners in this in this batch <laughs> yes yes so uh should we do it in french so so they, they yeah let's do the whole show in french you can hear me <laughs> pronounce every word badly in french
2: yeah yeah we as we spoke to roman uh pre-show we, we are definitely Americans and have zero clue about a French accent, so uh, he's, he's gracious for putting up with us. But yes. anyway... Um,
1: <laughs> no, you're doing fine.
2: <laughs> t- tell us a little bit about you, uh, where you're from, where you live now, uh, how old are you, if you want to disclose
1: that? So um, I grew up... Right now, I, I've been living in Paris for a little over 10 years. Before that... Uh, I was born and raised and, uh, studied in a city called Marseille, which is the second city of France in terms of uh, inhabitants, uh, which is, uh, by the sea, a very, uh, relaxed and uh, casual city. Um, but a bit uh, frustrating when you are very into clothing because, you know, France being a very centralized country, Paris is where everything happens, and Paris is where all the good shops are. And Paris is also the place where you feel less less uh, judged by other people when you dress a little bit weird, like I think uh, all of us here tend to do. Surely, um, yeah. So I, I left Paris for I left Mar- Marseille, my bed for uh, for finishing uh, law school, and then. Uh, I just never came back except for, uh, I did leave Paris for a year when I was, uh, I did a a degree in uh, at University of California, Berkeley. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was, uh, yeah. uh, And I passed, feels like a job interview, but I even passed the New York state bar exam, which means that uh, although not a US citizen, I I did pledge uh, to protect and serve or uphold the Constitution, so wow. don't, don't be uh, <laughs> don't be too yeah. That's a, you know, yes, that's what, a
0: hard one too.
2: What uh, what years were you in uh, California?
1: Uh, it was uh, ten years ago. I graduated ten years ago this year in May.
2: Oh, awesome, awesome! What so a, it was really- great.
1: Yeah, but I I wasn't into. I mean, I, I was already uh, uh, how do you say it? Like uh, neck deep. Into clothing, but uh, yeah. on a student budget, and I was I, I every every day almost I I I, uh, I am angry at myself because I was not really into vintage clothing at that time, and I'm thinking about all the thrift shop <laughs> and secondhand stores I, oh I, I didn't even visit. I think <laughs> there was once there was once on, on campus that I was walking past daily. Uh, now I'm just thinking that I, I'm a. Uh, Fucking idiot, because I spend all my time <laughs> scrapping for e- eBay US listings for right, right. shirts. Right, uh, right.
2: As but, someone uh, that is in thrift stores and secondhand stores very, very often in my life, it, it sucks so bad on when a daily you, basis. Yeah, on a daily basis, it sucks so bad when you think on a like, daily basis. What did I miss, Alba? Because I wasn't necessarily <laughs> paying attention. Yeah. Uh, or, or mm. in my case, a lot of times, like what did I miss out on when I didn't have the money to spend? And it's like, oh, yeah.
1: If, if you if you can't, you can't.
2: Yeah, totally, totally. You know, the, you can. But, uh, you know. Go ahead.
1: Sorry. Yeah, but it's a mistake I, I'm I'm still doing uh, to this day because actually, uh, within a five-minute walk or even less from my apartment, there are three uh, thrift stores but they are not very curated. They are like, right. I think, what you would call the beans. Okay. Like Salvation yeah, Army right. and this kind of stuff, where you can find all the shitty stuff with moth holes and this kind of stuff. But also sometimes, uh, I mean, I, I don't know about you, Matt, but I, I, I think this is where, like, um, professional resellers go to source sometimes uh, their, their stuff. Yeah, totally. And I still, right. to this day, don't – I mean – Maybe I, I I went into one of these stores maybe once or twice. Right. It's so hard. It's, and- it's kind of, uh, yes. And it's depressing because you go through the racks and you see all the shitty clothing. And it's like, damn, this was shitty ten, twenty 20 years ago. And it's still shitty now. And right. it's 90% of what has. But when you find the, the gem is when you are. Then it really makes your day.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, you're you're, that's you're the, the digging agony for, and ecstasy. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're digging for gold, Very, essentially. Like, with probably yeah. less, uh, less success than gold diggers had years ago. You know?
0: <laughs> I find hardly anything now. I mean, Baltimore used to have a ton of thrift stores, and now there are no thrift stores. We've talked about this. Blah, blah, blah. Thrifting is going <laughs> away. The resellers are taking it all. Is it because you know what? I
1: think in France there is um, uh, um, some sort of Salvation Army that is uh, related to the church. It's an association founded by a a, a monk or a priest, and they started to make advertisements so that people actually don't sell their stuff online because now there are very easy way to do it. And so they don't have enough donation anymore. So mm-hmm. thrifting maybe is not dead but starting to it's, become something. It's definitely
0: else. changing. I mean it's being yeah. devoured by capitalism.
2: Yeah. We we could do a whole episode like on us. this and I I will I will refrain from ranting about this. But it's different <laughs> than it used to be for sure. Uh but in my opinion shit is still out there. You just you just have to like work harder, which you know we all we all adapt to change it.
1: and it's a way to make sure that you know the ones who find it are either extremely lucky or the most motivated ones
0: exactly it's a Dar- it's kind of a darwin darwin goes thrifting. thing <laughs> i mean it, a in a way the, but you know from
2: my perspective <laughs> if, if you if you know more than the average idiot then you can you can make it work for you yeah it's it's definitely like less of a, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's less of a success than it once was, you know, 10, 15 years ago for me personally, but it's still, it's my therapy. Mm-hmm. And even when, even when it sucks really bad, like it's an ebb and flow, you know? So I think that mm-hmm. like, like you said, finding that and one it also it's
1: a community.
2: Totally. It, yeah. yeah. I, I think the people that actually give a shit, it's a community. Uh, the people mm. that are just trying to make a quick buck—they're not going to last. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to be here 20 years from now because they don't—they don't understand. Anyway, sorry, don't want yes, uh, <laughs> to a way. Yeah, if, I mean,
1: if uh, thrifting was a way to to getting rich, that would be uh, a no oh, fact. absolutely,
2: absolutely. Uh, in my opinion, I want to be like the 80-year-old that's been selling antiques since the 19s. You know, like it's a long game. <sighs> they're they're in it because they love it and they're passionate about it and and that's that is essentially what i care about like the passion Mm
1: -hmm. and do you do you do mostly like um um military uh, or yeah i I do a lot of military uh, um, uh,
2: a lot of like like hunting camo and things like that just because i I, I, oh yes i i sell what i like uh mostly if i think something is Mm -hmm. cool i'm gonna sell it like, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to, like, fleece anybody. I try to price things fairly. And, you know, I I, I like... So you're not like. into
1: cartoon t-shirts?
2: I, I mean, I am because I grew up in the 90s. So if I think one is funny <laughs> as shit, like, yeah, I'm going to grab that. But it's also, like, I'm going to sell it for $20, whereas, like, some, you know, some dork is going to try to sell it for 60 And it's like, dude, that's not a $60 t-shirt. There's four million of these in the world right now. Like, it's not rare, mm. but, you know, I, I think it's funny if, and I think it's, like, it's nostalgic for me. So, that, that's not my main business, but, hey man, 20, 25 bucks, like, selling? I, I'm cool with that if I pay a buck or two for it. Mm.
1: Get a... That adheres to
2: a code. In. I try. I try.
0: You know? Because it's like, this- sometimes Matt will send me something that is, like, Oh, that's kind of fucking cool. And Matt is like, no, I, I'm never going to sell that. I would never sell that. That just is not... That just is, like, so against my whatever, <laughs> Which I just think is awesome. <laughs> I try. I, I to yeah. ask yeah. you about... Yeah, dude, you are. Um, I was going to ask you about Laster Lab. Um, so... Yeah, who's that guy? The... Right. <laughs> this is the handle. The unknown... The unknown individual. Uh, what is it? What is the etymology of the word? So, I guess I don't mean like you know what I mean. It's not a word spelled backwards. I googled it. It didn't come up with stuff. So we're putting you on the spot.
1: It's um, well. First of all, it should be uh, written with. Uh, it should be spelled with the e at the end. But that handle was already taken. Because uh, I mean, it was my original uh, Tumblr name, um, and so what? Uh, what does it come from? Yeah, it comes from um, the name of my street when I first moved in in Paris, which was called uh, Villa de l'astrolabe, L apostrophe astrolabe, uh, which is so an astrolabe, as you o- already know, is an um, astronomical uh, tool that is used by that was used i'm sorry uh, a while ago by uh sailors yeah some sort of uh, like a sextant um, yes exactly used i think it's used in coordination with the sextant so and yeah um, see
0: we're getting the we're getting the vocab words out now yeah. hell
1: yeah and um and so it was a name of a boat or uh in the late 18th century from um uh, I think that there were two uh, two of these uh, boats that went to, I think, the Americas for exploration purposes and for scientific research, uh, which actually, I think, uh, got wrecked. And But since then, there have been several other ships from the French Navy called the Astrolabe, and I think there is even one still... Uh, afloat these days and it's there is a french f-
0: navy icebreaker even yeah
1: exactly which yeah. i
0: thought i thought maybe i don't know if you know this joke uh you're shaking hands with someone you say how much does a polar bear weigh you know this
1: no I don't just know.
0: enough to break the ice <laughs> right and i thought perhaps <laughs> i thought perhaps Laster Lab—it's a pun because the ship is an icebreaker. Mm. The name is an icebreaker because everyone asks you, "What the fuck is up with the name, dude?" Yeah. Yeah.
1: so it's, yeah, nice it's like in this, like in the in this uh, "How I made Your Mother" episode when they say, "Let's let's start a bar. We should make a bar, and the name is Puzzle. What's the puzzle?" Well, that's the question, and that's you know the name. I'm sorry, I right, see uh, it somebody's <laughs> following. No, you? No, no. <laughs> And so Excellent. yeah, it's uh, so and now that's we know it comes from. And it I,
0: sort I, of is an icebreaker, right? Because we're well, we are into the show now, ice broken.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's uh, and sometimes I, I, it's far from where I live now. But whenever I have the chance, I go there and just take a photo of the plague, Or if I'm with someone, I ask them to take a, a fit pick and say uh, back to the source.
0: Nice. Right. Solid.
1: from whence you came yes yes
0: because mm. zach uh newton street vintage is also that's his his first dwelling in us boston city you know
1: <laughs> so that's funny yeah and we we have uh we have the same tie i don't know if you noticed that ralph tie right no it's it's a brooks brothers tie with the with the brooks brothers shirts all over it oh, oh right right
0: right with the fun yes. shirt
1: yeah, yes. the tie with the fun shirt on it, which exactly. is just
0: insane.
2: You're both in great company but
1: in it, this we, respect. It, yeah, uh, he sent. He, he, we were talking about uh, fun shirts, and at some point he sent he sends me a listing of a shirt, um, this kind of tie, but from I don't know there is a, an eBay seller who I don't know has some internet presence as well, but he's selling this tie mm-hmm. for like 200 euros or, or dollars or the absurd price. And I, I said, hold on. Uh, I'm sure I can find some much cheaper ones. And uh, I found a couple, uh, one for him, one for me.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. oh that's work. so
1: cute.
0: Yeah, they're
2: T-shirts. Wow. Uh, I, 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 I,
1: I, t- I sent him the, the link. It's something I, I like to do when, um, when I know my uh, Instagram friend's uh, size. Sometimes if I find something nice and it's in their size, I, I will just send them the link instead of just someone else getting it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, keep your peepers peeled. Keep your beavers peeled for a linen tweed <laughs> jacket, okay? 3 2 roll, patch pockets. Uh, what size? The, I don't know. It all ah. fucking depends. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a it's a. It's and even when the right size is
1: right, it's just not right, right. you know? Right, the, the I got this one. It's too one low, too high.
0: Yeah, and it was the same tag size as the Ralph one that I already have, and it was way too small. It's not like it shrank in the fucking wash, and I measured it. I consulted Mm -hmm. with my tailor, you know. Matt looked at the measurements. We decided probably this will fit. It's Mm -hmm. the cost of doing business, though, you know. If you want to buy shit cheaply, you have to suffer through getting stuff that doesn't fit
2: you. You you're you're revolutionizing uh, egalitarian secondhand shopping. Like, this is this is a big deal. This is this is how we should yeah, all approach Yeah,
1: it's a... Mm-hmm. Make your friend, I appreciate it. Uh, it's manager. like,
0: um...
2: Clap. Yeah, men's work, exactly. comrades, and arms.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. good brothers in garms.
2: <laughs> brothers in fucking garms. <laughs> so, uh, Ramon, we wanted to ask you, uh, what your first clothing memory is.
1: Um... I'm not sure. I think the the further I can think of is maybe being a kid like five years old or something and watching movies with uh, the bad guys, the mobsters who are Mm -hmm. wearing sleek suits with uh, suspenders and thinking, wow, I want to be like them and uh, be (laughs) all cocky with uh, my nice suits. So I think that's like the really... Oldest one and one that's more recent and, but I think has um, impacted me, uh, has impacted me uh, was when I was in middle school and high school. And I had this strong sense of the way you dressed was a way to position yourself in this micro society that is high school. Mm -hmm. If you dress one way, it means you're part of this crew, but if you dressed like that, but you're not really part of th- this group, are you really part of it? And will it change? Uh, I mean, I, I just remembered uh, uh, vividly um, that, um, or at least that's how I perceived it. Clothing had a, an important part into the, the social game of uh, high school. Maybe oh. it was just all in my head.
0: No, it for sure does, and it's all about, um, you know, what we talk about on the show, the way that clothing signals things, and Mm. in high school, it's like, as brutal as it gets, you know, if you wear, like, the wrong, it doesn't even matter if the thing is wrong, you know, but it's like, the thing is, and we do this with the Ivy style shit, right, it's like, he didn't really forget to
1: leave his shit unbuttoned, like, that is inauthentic, I don't like it, yeah. Oh, nice button down, but is it a lined collar? Oh my God, you're such a dumbass! (laughs) Right? You're a loser. You turd! Is that what you call a collar roll?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. And so it's vicious. It's really mean.
1: But uh, the the funny
0: thing thing about it is that
1: I yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I I still have kept some some clothing from my high school years. Like uh, I think I have a peacoat still in my uh, my uh, in my uh, closet, and a few also um, like a, a Ralph Lauren. Uh, um, I'm sorry, Ralph Lauren cap, also like the white baseball hat. Very basic, but that was very very um, popular and really meaning that you're one of the cool kids. And right. Uh, right. it's like completely torn out, uh, uh, torn out or. At the on the visor. Oh, nice! You, know, you can see yeah. the, the plastic the build, inside. The brim. Yeah, yeah. 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 The brim That's plastic. lucky.
0: Mine always just get destroyed. Mine always just get like s- a sweat stain. You know, just it looks <sighs> like I don't. I yeah. mean, no. I and then I tried to dye one with turmeric once, and now it looks like I, it was soaked in urine. So <laughs> the white cap is nice, but it's at, at a cost. Yeah.
1: It needs to be washed very frequently and at very warm water.
0: Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, So you were talking about Marseille growing up in Marseille and we were wondering what sort of style you saw growing up there, right? As the second city. Is it kind of like, I was going to ask this earlier. Is it a little bit like New York, LA? Uh,
1: Yeah. I would say it's a bit like a bit of both because you have uh, weather that is more similar to LA, very mm-hmm. sunny, uh, very hot, um, especially in the summer of course, and but also windy and uh, which uh, which the the legend uh, according to the legend there is so much wind that it drives the people there crazy and <laughs> um, which is what makes it close to New York because right. in Marseille, you wouldn't be surprised if the person sitting next to you in the bus or the subway just starts talking to you, which is something that normally doesn't happen in a in a big city with uh, normal people. Like in Paris, nobody talks to each other. Uh, right. There, it's very much more friendly, but uh, also sometimes you don't want the bus people to get too friendly either. Uh, but um, and so in terms of style. It's very uh, laid-back, very uh, relaxed, and um, also uh, very show-off. I mean, not everyone, of course, I'm just making a a big picture. um, But there is this kind of stereotype of uh, very vulgar men or women that is actually kind of got got famous. uh, It's almost a mythical uh, figure um like um yeah i don't know how familiar you are with um simon jacquemus you know a french designer who makes mostly female uh, women clothing and he's from from marseille or from the south and he made like a couple of collections in in the honor of uh, this this type of woman called uh, la uh um, mm. I don't know how, it might not ring uh, a lot of bells because it's very, very French specific. So it's, in terms of style, it's so uh, it's not the city where you can take photos of uh, very well-dressed old men. There are some, but mm-hmm. not so many. Um, and being a s it's not a small city, but it works in small groups, in small circles. And so, like going back to what I said about high school, if you belong to a certain group, you will dress a certain way, and if you belong to a group but does don't dress that way, then it would be uh, it would be perceived in a very uh in a, a bit of a strange way sure like 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 when you are a high schooler or a low student and wear a tweed jacket in a Mediterranean city. Uh, where everybody's just wearing a t-shirt
0: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you're you're out of place well it would be a little bit like me trying to explain to you the intricacies of the relationship between washington dc and baltimore like it's very sophisticated but it's irrelevant to you right so i guess this is a bad question on my part a little bit (laughs) no no i mean
1: it's it's interesting because it's not a city where people dress formal and you don't want, if you look too uptight, it's like something's wrong. You need to be relaxed or if you want to, to be successful in terms of... I uh, so is it, like, is
0: it kind of like a working class city, more working class than Paris, if there is such
1: a... Uh, Paris has, uh, like I said in the beginning, Paris uh, France is very centralized. So all the higher jobs are in Paris. Mm -hmm. And like in Paris, if you are a lawyer or a doctor, you are middle class. But in Marseille, then you are uh, in the highest. Right. So, so you don't have, uh, sorry, I don't know where I was going to, but uh, so it's not a, it's not a working class city, although, I mean, it kind of is, but it has also a high unemployment rate yeah uh, it's famous for having some frequent uh, drug related shootings as well yeah which i imagine
0: shootings in general are not common <laughs> not so common as here certainly <laughs>
1: uh, it's your joke to to make <laughs>
0: yeah i don't want <laughs> yeah. to be the
1: <laughs> don't want to be the stereotypical uh, european guy making friend making fun of uh,
2: <laughs> I, I mean we we're we're probably all in the same camp you. on this uh, but uh so, you went from this type of like very casual, uh, very laid back, you know, not a whole lot of people dressing in Ivy or French or Italian tailoring to basically the fashion place, which is Paris, since the dawn of fucking time. Um, uh, like, what, uh, what do you see now on your day to day basis as someone that like wears a tie or a jacket or a suit every single day? Like, is that, is that very common in the fashion capital of the world
1: so there are two different things there there is paris as a fashion capital or fashion major city right uh, but honestly it's something that you don't really experience unless you go into the really central parts of the city or if you are uh, in Paris during fashion week, then you will see more, uh, either very um, classic, um, French people, uh, or you can see the weird fashionistas and uh, right. mm-hmm. all, all the, the menswear crowd uh, in the day to day, uh, sense living, um, in a very popular area, uh, and going to work in a very, uh, office, uh, neighborhood it's not very fashion friendly i would say uh yeah. there are some some young young i mean I, that's because i consider myself still young at uh, 35 but uh some kids i mean not kids but some guys were from 20 to 40 wearing like uh, the modern high beasts like a uh, whatever they can sure. get that is Kind of similar to uh, the latest Emile uh, d'Or uh, lookbook, like new balances mm-hmm. and, but uh, things that I, uh, I am also guilty of. Uh, I, I would admit it. Um, and in the office, uh, I, I, just to give you an idea, I work in a 40 stories building and there are probably, uh, I must see like four or five ties in a day.
0: Really? Yeah. I would have figured. I would have figured that everybody was putting in the work because they were an attorney and they just wear a tie. That's like my family. They wear a tie every day.
1: I I don't work in a law firm anymore. Um, but even in law firms, uh, you could see some. The thing with the lawyers, and I don't know. I don't know if it totally translates to American lawyers, but French lawyers have a high esteem of themselves. And they, some of them like to dress up and dress uh, in a respectable way, but most of them would be actually like any other office worker and just want to wear comfortable pair of jeans, comfortable pair of sneakers. And I remember uh, a, a guy I, w- I was working with who had just uh, his suit hanging on uh, on um, on the wall, and uh, he would change whenever he had a, a client meeting. But other than that, you're just you. I mean, it's not wrong. You don't need a, a tie uh, and cufflinks just to type emails and uh, align bullet points on your PowerPoint memo. So, yeah. but uh, so that's why uh, Paris is, uh, I would say, not better or not worse than uh, any other major city. I, I don't want to be uh, the guy who just complains about how uh, ah, people don't dress well anymore. Uh, right. You know, the the guy who shares well, the photos not a of men's fashion. What happened? Like in the fifties, Cary Grant uh in the 2020s uh, i don't know some guy wearing a pink shorts or timothee chalamet in a dress and like what happened to men fashion right i don't right. really care <laughs> uh people don't like to, to to dress too too formal and i mean it's their choice but um but what's nice in a city like paris is there is uh, also a um, uh men's or enthusiast community that uh that is active and uh, um living all in the same city so maybe it's not uh like uh, monthly meetings of the sartorial uh, <laughs> parisianites or right right <laughs> but uh sometimes it is but it's <clears throat> mm, but it's it's nice to have people who understand you like like what we're doing now if if my uh, normal friends shared the same interest in clothing, I, I we would probably not be talking today.
0: Right, right. So yeah. this is because... another, this, this is a question though. Like, do you, are your friends interested in clothing? Like, I don't know how many real life friends I have that are interested in clothing anymore. When you know, I was in college, it was like, oh, let's hang out with Connor. Like he'll take us to the thrift store and like get us in suits mm. and shit, you know? But now it's like, I rely on the internet
1: True, true, true. And uh, you know, when I developed this interest and uh, my real life friends would ask me like, what do you recommend for a pair of shoes or for a suit? And I would always point them to the most expensive solution option. So they just, or or the most complicated option as well. So they just stopped asking me for recommendations. And uh, nowadays, no, I mean, they, uh, I'm sure they like, uh, they have a, an interest in what they wear, but maybe, n- n- uh, and hopefully for them, it's not as uh, excessive as mine. Um, <laughs> but I, I have a friend who is, uh, by his work, uh, adjacent to the kind of hype uh, beast uh, community. I see. And uh, l- last time, he sent me a, a video of him trying on, you know, the red mischief boots.
2: Oh God, yes. no! <laughs>
1: so yeah, he wow. and I, I, it's, I mean, it's uh, it's great because he's the only one who, with whom I can make this kind of jobs. <laughs> right? Yeah.
2: yeah. So uh, if he's receptive, I, I, I told
1: him next time you, yes, exactly. Like maybe we don't like the same stuff, but uh, we have we share the the culture or at least part of it
0: yeah because it's yeah. it's good right because you are on opposite sides of the world sort of uh but you still have that like whatever it exactly is, you know what i mean it's like the waiting waiting online to like buy whatever thing at whatever hour yeah yes. it's good oh, and it's it is good it is a yeah. community based
1: and I, I i don't want to be a very um ring fenced to uh, just wearing a suit and a tie. So, uh, it's, what's nice about it. It's to be aware of stuff that are happening outside of your comfort zone and, uh, be able to enjoy, to enjoy it from, uh, uh, bystander standpoint. Yeah, like, absolutely.
2: Like clothing is so disjointed in a lot of ways that like, it is one of the reasons why it makes it cool. Um, you don't have to wear or appreciate the same things as someone else, but you can you can connect on a level that you both
1: give a shit about
2: how you look, whether it's whether it's the same or not, and like that's kind of one of the things that makes this Absolutely. this stupid hobby fun.
1: Yeah, it's uh, um, it reminds me of an old uh, advertisement uh, TV ad for the French uh, soccer referee association mm-hmm. that used to air during a sports sport broadcast and it was like uh soccer, uh, soccer referee associations. We don't have the same Jersey, but we have the same passion. Right. And it's right. the same here. We don't have the yeah, same Jersey. That's but very good. We, we spend good. Too, too much money into clothing. So it's, it's the way I want to see it.
2: Totally, totally. That's, that's I'm a very writing,
1: like. I'm writing that down.
2: Yeah, that, that's a very good way of thinking about things. And like something that I also try to embrace, like, I like what I like. If you like what you like, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's not just like buying shit from H&M, then fuck yeah, man. Like, I'm stoked for you. I I just want you to be happy and I want us to connect on a level that like, we're both interested in looking, looking how we want to.
1: And we don't have to like the same thing. Like if exactly. someone uh, comments uh, under one of my posts, like, uh, you dress like shit. I mean, it's, I won't take it personally.
2: No, if he no. says uh,
1: your face look like shit, I might. But otherwise, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to like uh, what I like. And it's a no. good thing because uh, more for me.
0: Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so we can get into menswear. I mean, we've sort of been there, but. Um, so everybody knows about the houses of men's style, Italian, English, American, even. Um, what are some things that set the French house apart? I mean, it seems like the Italians and the English get all the glory, and there is like another. There is at least one other thing.
1: <laughs> uh, are you talking uh, in the terms of uh, really tailoring houses and suit style?
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, I know that there exists like a French way of making a mm. suit, but I'm not an expert. Really, it's
1: I'm. I mean, I'm not an expert either because uh, really, real high-end bespoke French suits are extremely expensive. There, yeah. there is no, or maybe there are, but you need really to turn every rock to find a cheap local tailor that would make a a good job. So, and it's unlike, for example, in Italy where you have a a lot of uh, um, tailors who have apprenticed with older tailors and then made their own workshop. Like um, my tailor, uh, the the one who makes my suit, uh, actually I'm gonna meet tomorrow. He's a Neapolitan guy and the reason I went to him for the first time was because it was cheap, and also I enjoyed the type of suit he was making. But on a regular basis, I could not go to a French or a Parisian tailor that would charge me uh, 7,500 uh, 7, euros for a suit. That's wow. just that's
0: even that's wow. even more than yeah. I thought.
1: <laughs> no, that, that's like the, the 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 like the four or five uh, major tailoring houses in Paris are in this uh, ballpark, and but the, the reason why, well, first, uh, Parisian real estate, of course, and also um, um, in in terms of uh, of quality finishing, it's allegedly because I have not been in their wor- workshops. I have seen some of the suits made, and it's very extremely high end. Um, I, I uh, I don't know if you're familiar with what is a, a, a Milanese buttonhole, mm-hmm. right? Which is a, a, a way of hand stitching the buttonhole, but in a more refined way. That then uh, it's the one you get on the the label, sure. But it's made differently than the other buttonholes. It's more refined, and mm, suits made from these um, these brands that are like uh, Smalto, Camps de Lucca, Um There are also some independents who have worked there and then made their own, uh, made their own um, workshop and stores. They all have a high, oh. uh, I'm sorry. I think I, I need to, uh, uh, baby bottle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's I okay. Yeah. Be right back. It's gonna be five minutes, I think. Okay, no problem. Yeah, no Hopefully. problem. <laughs> no. Be right back. Oh. All right, uh, that was uh, Marius, my son. He's ten months old, and uh, sometimes he needs uh, a little drink, just yeah, just like his dad.
0: I was gonna say relatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's great though. That's great. We uh, look at this. We're a family-friendly show.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah.
0: Um, yes. And yeah, I he's, think Matt uh, is back as well. I'm
2: back. Um, yeah, so let's let's just pick it up where we left off. So I think
1: it's up. we were talking about French uh, Parisian tailors, and as I was uh, feeding my son, I just remembered something, and very to because um, I, I don't want to discuss uh, in length of what makes it better than an English suit or an Italian suit. I don't know English uh, houses that much. So um, I cannot really say. I've heard that maybe quality may have decreased over time, but I've never seen an English tailor. So I don't want to say anything about that. <laughs> You'd have to ask uh, Derek next time he's coming. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, um, right. totally. You know, um, you know how it's a, a common thing to say that for Italian suits, uh, Italian artisans, they, but it's more maybe a marketing thing. They say, "Oh, it's imperfect because it's handmade." Here, it's the opposite. It's it's perfect because it's handmade. Interesting. So uh, see, so yeah. this is
0: what we were looking for. That's interesting. That's great. Yeah, I mean, because honestly, like the yeah. only
2: French tailoring that I can name off the top of my head is Sifinelli and Arnitz, Uh both of which are. <laughs> From my very limited ex- experience with both, in in fucking incredible. But that mm-hmm. there has to be more to to that side of uh, French clothing than those two bring.
1: Yes, and especially because uh, Tiffonelli and Arnese both have very distinct styles, house totally. styles. totally. Um, and, and there are a lot of lot um, uh, the. the most of the other tailors are in um, more neutral land, I would say, but well, you would still have, uh, you can still have the, the specificities of a French suits, like, you know, a fish mouth lapel or, um, am, am I saying that right? L-lapel? L-lapel? Uh, lapel? Um, Is lapel? Lapel. Yeah, lapel. Yeah, I'm trying, trying to over Americanize words. <laughs> no, so, yeah. no, it's uh, not. no it,
0: I heard it the first time, and I was like, "That's English, it, That is, is an interesting about. way of doing that.
2: Yeah, English is the dumbest fucking language on the planet because we pronounce things a million different ways in every category. So I do not fault you for that at all.
1: I think it's the same for every every language. When I oh. was in uh, law school in the U.S., there at some point there was a. I couldn't understand something, so I, I had to ask a question in the middle of the, the class in front of uh, 100 or 150 students because uh, it was a sentence where the word um, sanction was used, but as uh, in French, sanction, sanctionner, means that you uh, punish something. Okay. But apparently, yeah. in in English, it means you punish something or it means you allow something. Right which are the opposite meanings. So <laughs> I had the meaning in mind that made a sentence that made no sense. So I was like, but why would it? And it was obvious for everyone else, but but me. <laughs> so anyway, um, the fish mouth lapel, which is a very uh, typical French way of doing the, the notch, uh, which is something that you can find uh, you can ask uh, all, all French tailors, and they will have their own version. Uh, but Arnis, for example, has a has or had because I don't know if you know, but uh, the, the the brand has been uh, bought by uh, by Berluti. Ah, uh, oh, really? Ten years ago. Okay. A little yeah. more, Yes, and, and yeah, it's uh, if you were familiar with Arnis before that, it was uh, very colorful. Uh, a bit eccentric, uh, but also more uh, uh, more city appropriate suits. Right. But in the same time, also very um, uh, um, 18th, 19th century inspired uh, patterns with uh, flamboyant colors, uh, which yeah. was uh, which is very incredible. And I remember passing in front of the. The store windows and looking at all these colors, and uh, I, I I was too intimidated to to go inside. But at the same time, when I I, I look at the lookbooks that they that they, the from that time, I'm like this is great, but kind of unwearable at the same time, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is why it was mostly uh, this kind of clothing was mostly worn by uh, old um intellectuals. With a big bass. Yeah.
0: That's my uh, aesthetic. Yeah. That's exactly uh, what uh, I yeah. want to look like.
2: It, it kind of sounds it's like the American French. version. It's a
1: lifeguard. Though. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's, like, it's like Paul Stewart, but French. Uh, at this that's that's a reference. That I don't no know what Stru- I, of, know, I
1: say, know the name, but... Yeah, yeah it's,
0: sorry. No, Paul Stewart, I don't know... I don't know the I don't know what the French version looks like exactly. i don't want to look it up. I'm very curious. I think that that sounds up my alley.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, mostly I what I know about Arnis is the foreseer uh, and their other like kind of I don't know, just just very solid outerwear pieces. Like I found the tailoring here and there, but I mostly relate them with like really cool outerwear.
1: Mm, yes, uh, the. They had some very, um, very strong uh, piece of outerwear, yeah. and um, it's something that is very, very uh, extremely so sought after, especially by the Japanese uh, collection right amateurs, which which uh, you know pulls up the prices. So nowadays you you, you cannot find a, a forestier for less than uh, six hundred euros.
2: Right. Yeah, they they've been kind of wow. kind of at that for a while. <laughs> sadly.
1: Yeah. Um. It's you know it's the Japanese. They are two steps ahead.
2: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. So I guess mm. this this question also kind of hits on that point. Um, how did you get into Ivy Style, and is that type of thing readily available in Paris, or you know, are you mostly shopping on online?
1: So um Ivy style I was um, aware of it I knew it existed but it didn't it didn't really appeal to me that much uh up until uh, like even in 20 uh, 2012 w- when I was in the US I knew it existed I knew it was uh, Oxford, cloth, uh, Oxford cloth button downs and penny loafers but I wasn't really looking into it and then I think someday I I'm not sure why I looked up uh, for vintage Brooks Brothers shirts, and it took me a while to buy one because I wasn't much used to I, I looked it up on eBay, and I wasn't really much used to to buy uh, to buy uh, used clothing online, so I wasn't sure what size to get. I wasn't sure what measurements would uh, fit me but I ended up getting a, a a nice one which was a yellow six button uh, Brooks Brothers makers so the, the good kind of shirts unfortunately <laughs> it was uh, slightly short on the sleeves because I had no idea how the sizing worked but other than that uh, I fell in love with the shirt So I I ended up uh, selling it, but since then I just kept buying and buying and I had one in the mail last week and I have two coming, uh, crossing the Atlantic as we speak. So (laughs) it's an, uh, (laughs) I I must, I think I have
0: How many do you have? You're about to say how many you have, how many do you
1: have? well, like any like any enthusiast, I, I'm not sure,
0: but um, of course,
1: I think it must be between 60 and 80. Oh, like all shit. US made, yeah. It's not, uh, and, I, and I, those I are just it. those are just Brooks Brothers. Those are yes. just Oxford. Those are only and Brooks Brothers I,
0: Oxfords. You have 60 to only,
1: 80. Only Brooks Brothers, mostly the makers line. Right. Um but not but in the the difficulty is to try and find new uh patterns that I don't already have.
0: Yeah, I was going to say what is your favorite what is your favorite pattern because like I have a lot of shirts. I probably have 50 shirts. They are not all Brooks Brothers, but the Brooks Brothers shirts that I do have are more or less the same. So I'm wondering which rare weirdo ones you have that you are especially holding on to and not not so. revealing in a fit pit. You have them My, waiting. You
1: know, my uh, favorite one and I, I don't know if it's the rarest, but I think it's pretty cool. It's, and it's not a button-down shirt, it's a tuxedo fun shirt. No way! That's awesome! The front front placket is uh, white, and the wing collar is white as well. But then you have a sleeve striped in one color, the other one the other color. The front that is not the, the, what do you call it, the placket. Mm -hmm. Around it is also another color, and the back as well. So... And I I found it, I think, two months ago, and it was for less than twenty bucks. So I immediately hit buy it now. You know, it's more the situation (laughs) where you you buy first and then you look at the measurements. Look at the measurements once it's done. That that is not a sure thing. I knew I knew this existed. No. No. I knew it existed, um, and it was uh, like the s- first time I saw one in a in a good price.
2: Okay, so I have to so. I have to do a shout out to a friend of mine that listens to this podcast, Chris Roy. Stop fucking asking if you got too many shirts. This suit has you beat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and th- these are just uh, the, the 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 button downs, the Brooks Brothers shirts, because. I have the normal shirts that I can wear with my suits. Yeah, because you, don't usually, in wear a separate a, you don't
0: usually wear a button on car right? everything
2: about this scenario. I'm just being honest. Because <laughs> <laughs> this usually the make... best
0: part of the interview. I mean, because this is a, like, ashamed admission of, like, hoarding, you know? Um, <laughs> which is just great.
1: I used to wear them a lot when it was uh, in the the middle of COVID because I was staying at home. And then it's a perfect shirt to wear at home to um, where you can wear it. Uh, what I love about them is that they have this very long or V-shaped tail. Oh, totally. That mm-hmm. kinds of look a bit weird, but I love it when it's untucked. Uh, I don't know, I just uh, love the shape. So I like to wear them untucked. Sometimes uh, sometimes I am also a tucker but it would depend on the on the pants and uh if you and so no. yeah and so but it depends on the on what i'm wearing and also in the summer it's perfect because it's very loosely fitted so you can wear it and feel the breeze going through uh, the cotton and you don't have a, a, a very slim Shirts like the one I'm wearing right now—that's making me sweat. But no, I I, I love it. And um, well, like I I, I I commented on the post uh, under Derek Guy's episode. You know, yes. I said because I have some very very not not the very very old ones, but I think from sixties are, are my oldest ones. But even from the uh, um, the Marks and Spencer dreaded day. Mm-hmm. These, um, mm-hmm. They have also a, a boxier fit with uh, dropped shoulders and more of a like old G Crew style, you know. Yeah, Which yeah. makes mm-hmm. also sense in a way. So I think each one can find the, the Brooks Brothers shirts they like. And um, no, I wear them on weekends, and because it doesn't go very well with uh, with worsted suitings, so. It's it doesn't go well with the shiny uh, or sleek fabrics and even the slimmer cuts. So and and going back to to your question, Matt about Ivy style, what got me into it is uh, the, the gateway drug was uh, the Brooks Brothers shirt. And then once you get into it, you know you start to get to look at uh, what was happening in the same era and what to wear with it because you doesn't really go well, I think, with uh, with modern suits, or, or at least modern European-style suit. So you have to look at uh, uh, slack jackets, uh, high-rise chinos, and the things that naturally go with it. But to be honest, I really enjoy the Ivy look, but I'm not sure I want to be... Uh, an naive cosplayer, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah.
2: That's a, that's a perfect fucking way to put it.
1: There's a fine
0: uh, I, line, though, right? I mean, there's a really, really fine line, I think.
1: And also, it's uh, it's maybe it's less. Uh, I appreciate it, but maybe it's less in my culture. And there are, if I want to wear a suit, I think I will want to wear it more in a more European way. In, in, ideally, in more mm. French way. So that's why I, I have a few, um, sack jackets, you know, but they are actually from a French brand called J. Cage. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know that was yeah.
2: actually a French brand, but I do now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's, I'm not sure when it was founded in the, probably in the 1990s,
2: Right. Yeah, they seem to be early, in that kind of uh, like LBM 2000s. 1911
1: vein, mm-hmm. but with very uh, uh, referencing the IV codes. Totally. And uh, yeah, throw in a, a couple of uh, of uh, penny loafers and some shell cordovan shoes, and there you go. Without even noticing it, you have an Ivy wardrobe.
2: Right. Right.
1: And of Ooh. course, a couple of couple of uh, of narrow ties because you need to have the ties that match the shirt. Like you need to have the pants that match the shirts or the jackets, etc. All part of the costume. Yeah.
0: So I wanted to ask, and this I am always curious about, and I feel like I have not gotten, really gotten an answer at all, but I think I will get one from you. So you're in Paris, which picturesque, right? I mean, Paris is the city beautiful, you know? How do you plan your FitPix? You just walk around and do it? Do you have an idea in your head? As you're walking around, you see a good door and you're like, that is a fucking FitPix. Do you have a document?
1: Uh, I, I I try to not take the picks at the exact same spot for... Uh, like a to, loser. To, twice would. in a row. No. no. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you got me. No, no, no. I mean, uh, because <laughs> no, because I take my shit in the same spot every day. Yeah, exactly. So like you have continuity. No, you have continuity and consistency. Um, you make a good Every day in the same place. No, I just don't want to have, uh, you know, every day a different spot. And then, uh, when you look, because and then when you look at my uh, Instagram page. And then you see, oh, that's twice in a row at the same spot. Because you have to choose important. one, I
0: guess, right? You have to choose to either do it in a different location all the time, or do it in the same or, location all the time, or
1: commit. Yeah, yes. But uh, but no. Uh, so I, I try to change uh, the the location, and it uh, really depends on the, the. I think in based on my uh, strong experience as a fit picker. I would say that the light, lighting is the most important. I mean, Conor, you, you take some uh, photos and you're a photographer as well, so you know that uh, light is the most important thing in photography. So, oh, yeah,
0: and I fuck it up all the time. <laughs> Somehow I only take pictures <laughs> at the worst times.
1: <laughs> ah, exactly. So uh, now I know that if I want to take a Fitbix and it because it's the summer, I would have to either do it in the morning or in the evening. So going to the office or coming from the office because otherwise, you know, I will have the strong uh, sunlight coming on top of me, making weird shadows of my skull or, or my glasses. Yeah. That's why, so, I look,
0: that's why I look so legendary all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> So you need to think about the, you need, the first is the light. Second, because I, I don't walk all day with a tripod on my back. So right. I need to find some sort of a ledge where I can put my phone. So uh, you're doing this,
0: you're doing the self-timer, you're standing it up against something.
1: Yes. I, I, I don't use the timer. I used uh, I use an app that is called, uh, uh, it's not sponsored, huh? <laughs> Lens but Buddy. Lens Buddy. So do I. Uh,
0: so why? Yeah, did I you, heard, I heard you, about that yeah, from a guest exactly. the, on this show. Far, Loba, hardly well, recommended that, that to me. <laughs> it's very good. It's, it's extremely good
1: because it makes better um, quality than the, the built-in uh, timer. Yeah. And yeah, agreed. It's less blurry and so um, yeah, I just put it wherever I can put it in a place where I have good lighting and try to have a a good outfit. And then, but you need to, sometimes you need like to go out because if you don't make the, you need to make the trip to, to, to scoot for a location. And and the thing is uh, I live in Paris, but I don't work actually in Paris, which is why you can see on, on my uh, Instagram that most of the photos are taken in the building, uh, office building area. Mm. Which makes interesting architectures. So I'm not totally complaining about it, but it's not as uh, uh, pittoresque or as a uh, postcard worthy. But some w- n- now that I, I get to work from home some days and I live uh, not far from uh, Montmartre, I get to make uh, more of a Parisian uh, or Parisian looking pit pics. But again, you need to, if if you have a good outfit, but it on the uh, but the weather is shitty and you have bad lighting, then uh, you you can uh, don't even bother. I I don't bo- anymore. Stand in the you rain. Know, I... <laughs> Stand exactly, in the rain. I... That's what I do. <laughs> no, I, I I I have some fit pics uh, stored in my phones and I was not satisfied with it, so they are just uh, sleeping on my phone and they will never be posted online because. I have, uh, like Parisian taters. I have very high standards of quality.
0: Yeah, well, I have no quality control except for sometimes I send Matt. Sometimes I send it to Matt, and Matt will say like, "You can't leave the house like that." Uh, but then sometimes Matt says like, "Good outfit," but that's usually if Matt has assisted with the outfit. So you know, there's a bias.
1: Yeah, sometimes I would ask my wife to take the photo, but she hates it, so. And yeah. I'm a bit scared to ask her. So it's only when, like uh, this weekend, I, I had, an, uh, I was wearing an outfit that I like. And there was, it was end of day, perfect uh, golden hour. Uh, and there was a, a real flight. I was like, uh, okay, you need to take my photo now. Uh, I had, uh, I even had props because I, we I, we were going to a dinner party. So I had, well, uh, I was the carrying the, the bouquet and uh, the flowers. So, yeah. You need to make it interesting, whatever for the algorithm, you know? Right. So what did she say? Did she say no or did she take the picture? Uh, She said, yeah. You don't
0: have to, you don't have to, if this is going to cause you trouble. No, 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 no. she,
1: she, she, she she accepted it because uh, we already uh, thought about it uh, a while ago. So now she knows it's important for me.
0: Oh, <laughs> see, look at that! Yeah, that's
1: a the, uh, the happy ending the to the spousal understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah exactly. Takes less photos than uh, than uh, lens buddy, the, the timer app <laughs> takes more photos. So
0: yeah, you gotta say, <laughs> "I want you to take ten pictures of me,
1: please." Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, but um, yeah, it's uh, I'm. Uh, I'm not even embarrassed to say that I put a lot of effort into my feedbacks.
2: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, absolutely. The more people that can uh, that can admit that, the better. I think.
0: Yeah, I agree because it is fucking work. It's really effort, and yeah. I know like people. It sometimes it looks like they have put no effort into it, but they have.
2: It, it's a bunch of yeah. us nerds uh, uh, trying mentioned... to impress other yeah. nerds on the internet, which I'm backing this. <laughs>
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, so, yeah. to to end things, we wanted to talk or ask what uh, your oldest, rarest, uh, most expensive, or best deal in your in your collection of wonderful things.
1: Hmm. I think uh, uh, one that's. High on the list is the Tuxedo fun shot I mentioned. Oh, because yes. Because it's rare. We're going have it was to get a good picture deal of And yeah. you know what? I will send you a picture of it. But the seller even uh, included the written thank you notes.
2: Oh, yes. In the package. That's perfect.
1: <laughs> um, no, oldest, the oldest ones. I think I have, uh, it's not, I don't have a lot of old stuff because what I get is from eBay. So you, it's hard to find stuff that are um, older than I would say mid century. Right. I, I have um, a herringbone twill shirt, you know, from US Army, the one with the 13 star button. Yeah, yeah.
2: speak my language.
1: <laughs> um, also, one that's pretty cool is um, uh, still in militaria yeah, is um, some Belgian paintbrush camo um, paratrooper overpants.
0: So you got all the shit. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> it's you know. It's the, the funny story about it is that I bought it. Didn't tell my wife, of course, because I'm an adult <laughs> and I can make my own. Bad financial decisions. <laughs> I wanted to wear it, and I I washed it twice because it's it smelled, you know, like grease and like it was stored in basically in the army warehouse for forty years. But it still reeks like grease, and uh, and it's they are big pants and they make noise when you walk, like when you're wearing uh, ski pants. And so I, I exactly I wear them i get out of the room and my wife looks at me with eyes like what is going on what this is very um, i don't i'm <sighs> we, she didn't have to tell that uh, to say that she hated it <laughs> but uh uh nevertheless i wore it uh, throughout the day and she was like oh my god it even smells bad and it makes noise but uh, I, I, I I stuck to it. It's like I total sensory twice. hatred. Yeah. And because it's uh, uh, aside from smelling bad, but we are gay, going to no smell now. And the noise, I mean, I can't say for sure, but um, it's also very big. It's like uh, MC Hammer pants. <laughs> you have yeah, to be able to
0: appreciate awesome. the fit,
2: for sure.
1: Yes. But, so that's, and uh, one uh, interesting th- stuff, I, I don't really own it because it's uh, in my, uh, my family has had a house in the countryside for uh, so many generations that we are not sure and since when. So basically 200 years at least. Oh, wow. So, you know, that's where you can find the cool shit. Unfortunately, uh, the have been emptied every, I don't know, 50 years or so. So right. there isn't a lot of cool stuff, but I did find a fencing jacket in twill. I don't know if it's linen or a mix of cotton and linen and dating from, I would say, early 20th century. And it's pristine condition still with the pencil markings in it. Uh, so that's, I think the the coolest, uh, I mean, most interesting and oldest uh, item. Oh right? yeah. And it's not really in my possession because it's just in a in a drawer. Uh, but I think that's the the nicest I have uh, encountered. Yeah, it has got a story. Behind it. Okay. It's historical too. Yeah. 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 And I kind of like also the, the, the some of the. Uh, Parisian bespoke jackets or sport coats that uh, I, I thrifted uh, in the recent years as well. Because it's very, like I said, very nicely made in a very specific uh, cut. But it's, what's a bit dumb is that there are four or five uh, um, jackets made with uh, the brownish shade uh, squared patterns. So they are all kind of like the same, but different, but Still the same, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's that's a very nice like grouping of thrift, thrift lines for you to change. share. Hmm. Well, uh, but, thank you um, for so much for yeah. coming on. Um, we always like to give our guests a chance to shout out uh, whatever they want to. So here is your chance. Uh, have at.
1: Follow me on Instagram if you don't already do it. I am Lastrolab. Lab at L-A-S-T-R-O-L-A-D. Follow my uh, analog photography account, that is L'Astrolog, L-O-J, at the end. Uh, Which is good, which is a good one, by the way. Oh,
0: yes. Oh, yes. It's a double double follow, for sure.
1: And um, what you can follow as well is uh, uh, the Instagram page of uh, Les Indispensables Paris, which is a, a website... Or a blog for which i uh, contribute sometimes uh alias indispensable is, is so long i <laughs> yeah let's we'll, we'll our,
2: link it on our uh, on our page for sure
1: yeah exactly link, link the uh, put the link uh we are trying to do something there and uh that's it i don't have i'm afraid i don't have anything to sell but uh no. but my that's own face
2: we we just like, uh, dude. We love your fit pictures, and if anyone is looking for some uh, categorically different fit photos, uh, Roma is a great person to follow. Yeah, yeah. Thank you're, you, it, Thank it, you it, it, We could talk much for hours about all of your various tastes and things. So maybe we'll have you back on. You're going to be our fridge correspondent at this point. So
1: yeah, I'd be happy to.
2: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um. Well. Uh, thank everyone for listening. Um, at apocalypse studs at gmail.com. If you've got questions, comments, concerns, uh, we still don't get any fucking emails. But I don't know if anybody actually uses email in a non professional way anymore. Uh, at apocalypse studs at gmail.com. Or sorry, uh, at apocalypse on Instagram. I am Matt Rebel, at Rebels Rogues.
0: And I'm Connor at Connor Fowler with one N.
2: And yeah. Check in next time. We'll have some, uh, some more cool last guests. To all of our listeners, we appreciate uh, you following along. We appreciate you following on whatever platform you use and rating the show on whatever platform you use. Um, at this point, we've done 20-some-odd episodes, and we do this as a labor of love, but it ain't free. And so if you would like to contribute to the Apocalypse Studs, uh, Kitty. If you like what we're doing, if you like the guests that we're having on, um, we would surely appreciate it. We're going to keep doing it either way. But we pay for a service to host this and record it every week or two. Um, We paid for some new mics that hopefully make it sound better. Um, But yeah, if you'd like to make a contribution, either Venmo or PayPal works. And I'm going to throw it over to Connor to give his contact
0: yes my contact info so my venmo is um my name c-o-n-o-r dash fowler f-o-w-l-e-r um so you can send me whatever you feel like uh even if it's yeah we're
2: we're not asking for uh anything particular but hey man if you want to send us five or ten bucks it helps us to
0: Or one dollar.
2: Or one dollar. We don't give a shit. But at this
0: point Yeah. But know. a but a closed mouth doesn't get fed, isn't that what they say? <laughs> Something, like so Something like that. So we're talking uh, our shit.
2: Also what's your what's your PayPal, Connor?
0: It's my email address, which is my name at gmail.com.
2: Okay. So Connor Fowler at gmail.com or PayPal uh, yeah. or Venmo and yeah. we appreciate it uh so much. We don't even care but uh you know if you like and listen and rate the show and want to throw us a little bit of, you know, a little bit of money. We're not opposed to it. So thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Thanks very much.